0: Hi, Gary Zacharias here with The Apologist Bookshelf. I've got a hefty book here in front of me. It's by Ron Rhodes, R-H-O-D-E-S, Ron Rhodes. It's called The Challenge of the Cults and New Religions. Uh, Subtitle here, The Essential Guide to Their History, Their Doctrine, and Our Response. Let me just uh, share with you the different groups that he covers in here. Well, he has a chapter on just defining the cults and the growth of cults and all, but Uh, He does the Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, the Mind Sciences, that would be uh, like Christian science, Uh, the New Age Movement, that's the one I wanted to look at because I'm interested in that and I want to present something on that at our church. Uh, He does Scientology, Hindu-based cults, the Unification Church, Baha'i Faith, that's another chapter I want to spend some time on uh, myself, Unitarian Universalism, Oneness Pentecostalism, Freemasonry, and Satanism. So it's a wide-ranging book, and i was just going to let you know what uh, Lee Strobel had to say about it. He's the author, of course, for the uh, famous book, The Case for Christ, The Case for Faith, and a lot of others. He says, I wish I'd had Ron Rhodes' new book, new for, at that time, The Challenge of Cults and New Religions, uh, when he was deciding about Christianity. He says, if you would like to separate the truth of Christianity from the fiction of cults and new religions, you'll find this book an invaluable resource. says he carefully analyzes a dozen different faith systems and gives a concise and well-documented assessment of how they differ from christianity and when you look at uh, what rhodes says himself at the beginning of his book he said that he wants to train people to understand and, and maybe dialogue with people in these new religious movements And he says right up front that he's not just writing this to curse the darkness in other words he's not going to write this book just to say here are the bad things here here's what's wrong with these uh, religious movements but he said but he also wants to provide some helpful information to be able to interact with them to motivate those people to use their freedom to leave those um, religious groups and transfer their allegiance to the one true god so he said there is an apologetics uh, dimension to the book and i certainly agree with that I haven't mentioned who Ron Rhodes is, I guess. Maybe I should do a a quick bio of him. He's the president of Reasoning from the Scriptures Ministry. Uh, He teaches cult apologetics. He was a researcher at Christian Research Institute. He was the associate editor of that uh, magazine coming out of that Christian Research Journal. He's an author of more than 20 books. And uh, he's been on all sorts of uh, radio and television shows. So he's got the background, really powerful background. Like I said, I want to do this uh, podcast on the New Age Movement, because I find that fascinating. I guess because it's kind of murky and hard to pin down, so it's not cut and dried. Uh, He says it's uh, probably the fastest-growing alternative belief belief system in the country. And uh, he uses an estimate from uh, some sociologists that as many as 12 million Americans are actually active Participants in the movement and another 30 million are avidly interested. Well, you add those two numbers up. We've only got 300 plus million people in this country. You're talking about more than one in 10 being involved in this. It says if you could get all those people into some church like organization to be the third largest religious denomination in America. Now, that's odd because I'll admit that I don't run across myself people who say, oh, yeah, I'm part of a New Age movement. I just don't see that. But um, apparently this is much wider spread than I estimated. And he gives some statistics, something like 42% of American adults believe they've been in contact with someone who's died. You ready for that? For Almost half American adults said they think they've been in contact with somebody who's died. And a bunch of other statistics that are pretty amazing. Uh, There are 2,500 occult bookstores in the U.S., and 3,000 publishers of occult cult and New Age books, journals, and magazines. Now, this book, the one that I'm talking about here, The Challenge of the Cults and New Religions, Ron Rhodes' book, came out in 2001. So um, I'd like to see what the numbers are now. My guess is because of Christianity's uh, falling away uh, in this society, unfortunately, I bet that the New Age has even grown more. Okay, so he says it's not really a cult. He said those are exclusivistic groups made up of individuals that buy into a you know set of uniform beliefs and there's a rigidly defined organizational structure. But you don't see that with the New Age group. So he says uh, that's not right to call them a cult. They're a movement. He said uh, they're multifaceted. That's distinct and diverse when it comes to their beliefs and practices. So. He said, if you're a New Ager, you don't have to join a particular organization or confess a certain creed or anything like that. He said, good land, there's such diversity. He said, you got holistic health professionals, ecologists, political activists, educators, human potential advocates, goddess worshipers, reincarnationists, astrologers, etc., etc. Cetera, et cetera. And he says they all fit <clears throat> under this umbrella of what's called the New Age movement. So I like what he's doing here. He says, all right, so if we're going to understand this, we need to know what their primary characteristics are. But he says, now keep in mind, not everybody's going to buy into every one of these. But here are the basic characteristics of the New Age movement. One is eclecticism, which means they come uh, looking for different sources of truth. They're happy to take from the Christian Bible. Uh, They're happy to take from the readings of Edgar Cayce, and just all over the place. And they buy into uh, syncretism, which is meaning attempt to combine even things that appear contradictory, uh, religious and philosophical teachings. Uh, he calls it like a huge cosmic sponge. It just absorbs all sorts of the world of religions and then tries to pull it all into its own worldview. So they don't render any kind of exclusive devotion to any one teacher or teaching. Um, they believe in monism. That's a theory that says all of reality is a unified whole. So everything's the same substance. So any difference that you think of, it's apparent. It's not real. All of reality is interrelated and, and interdependent. They're also, for the most part, pantheists, meaning that God is all. So one thing is the entire universe, and that one thing is God. It's divinities all through it. It's, it's not God like we think of as a personal being. This is an impersonal it, and uh, so that there's no distinction. Between the Creator and the creation, like there is in Christianity. Another belief is in human divinity. So, if, I mean, think about that. If all is one, right? Everything is one and everything is God, then what are humans? We're part of this. So, we're God as well. Now, we need to be transformed. This is something else the New Age people believe in personal transformation. And then planetary transformation, so personal transformation, sometimes called enlightenment or self-realization or God-realization or self-actualization. You have to recognize this oneness. You've been asleep. You haven't realized you're one with God. You're one with humanity. You're one with the universe. We have this illusion, they say, of human limitation, and we've forgotten our true divine identity. And then, of course, there's going to be, they believe, planetary transformation as well. If you get enough people involved in this, it'll overwhelm and take over the entire world and change things big time. Uh, They also believe in ecology. Uh, Many New Agers think the Earth is a living organism, and you have to treat it that way. And so that's very popular these days. They also believe that there's a new world coming. There's a utopian world coming, a one-world government, a global socialism, a New Age religion. Now, it's not a conspiracy because uh, they they don't follow the lead of a single being that's working on some unfolding plan, some sinister master plan. So we don't want to talk about them that way. All right, next section of the, the book here, the same chapter dealing with the New Age movement is what are they talking about when they say new age spirituality? Well, their spirituality includes things like eastern meditation, reincarnation, spiritism, which is now called channeling, and altered states of consciousness. So it could be like a deep trance or it could be something as just a, a mental state other than your normal waking consciousness, might be just a mild sense of the transcendent. It's life-affirming and world-affirming. that They value other people and worldly pleasures and culture and the entire universe. That's not self-denying like Hinduism. It also involves a rel- uh, revival of paganism called neo-paganism and the neo-pagans are pretty strong. They reject so much in the western world here like organized religion and a male-dominated society and a male exalting religion you know when you say God the Father and the way we abuse nature, so they share more of a feminist perspective and they want to re-harmonize with the one which they call the goddess, so you got goddess worship going on. next section of this chapter deals with how did we get here, what are the factors that gave rise to it, and they take it all the way back to ancient Gnosticism, the idea of there's some kind of hidden truth to man's salvation and uh, so it's not jesus coming and dying for us but the we have to understand jesus was a revealer so he communicated his secret gnosis his secret truth and so similar to ancient gnosticism uh, the idea that man has the spark of divine within we're ignorant of it and jesus came to show us the way that's gnosticism but that's what new age is picked up on Then another factor that gave rise to it was 19th century transcendentalism. Uh, I read a lot of transcendentalists as a um, lit major, Ralph Waldo Emerson and people like that. Then there's a revival of the occult in the late 1800s and early 1900s. Spiritism that's become very popular now emerged in the 1800s, but it's really grown. Uh, Jane Roberts has uh, written a book Well, I guess several books. She says she's channeling an entity named Seth. And then astrology is a big thing. And they believe that we're moving from the age of Pisces, that was intellectual man, into the Aquarian age, the age of spiritual man. So that's the new age coming up. Uh, Another factor that led to it was the secular humanism that focused so much on the the, uh, intellect and... Uh, Willing ourselves to solve all of our problems Human reason is going to solve all of our problems But it hasn't done that And now there's God out of the picture And now the humanists say one thing But they're not producing what they say they're going to produce So now people get the feeling they're kind of alone You know, God's out and we can't use human reason anymore And there's no purpose, there's no true meaning or value And the new age comes rushing in to fill that void You also have part of the factor leading to it was the counterculture of the 1960s. And then he says one other thing that's led to the current New Age movement is a flood of Eastern ideas into the West. I mean, for heaven's sakes, we had the Beatles and uh, others along the way. The Hindu monism and pantheism all brought about what we have today. In fact, the Hindus and the New Agers hold some similar views about God and the world and man and salvation. So what are a few of the New Age beliefs? Well, I'm going to have to go pretty quickly over this, but they believe that you have to be very clever when you read the Bible and twist it around, and you have to approach the Bible to find out what its hidden secrets are. Well, of course, that's not true. The Bible is very clear. And they say that you get revelation through Jesus, yeah, but you get revelation from all sorts of leaders. And they believe in spirit channeling. They believe God is all there is. They believe Jesus and Christ are Jesus' attained Christhood. That's what they believe, that Jesus was a mere human and the Christ is divine. And how did he become the Christ? Well, they're not sure, but they are unanimous that he did become the Christ. So he kind of tuned in just right. Um, Man is divine. We already talked about that. And because we're supposedly deity, then we are viewed as having all sorts of unlimited potential. We can do amazing things. Now, what's sin? Well, sin for the New Ager, there is no such thing. That's just ignorance. We just don't understand. And so, there's no talk of salvation. Jesus didn't die on the cross to provide salvation from sin. Why did he die? Well, some New Agers say that there was so much bad karma that the planet was in danger of self-destruction. So, that balance the karma out but so man doesn't have a sin problem but he's got a perception problem he doesn't remember doesn't recognize that he's divine one quote is we are all manifestations of buddha consciousness of christ consciousness only we don't know it so we've got to be in enlightened we've got to have that self-realization happen to us um, they believe in reincarnation for the most part until the soul finally reaches a state of perfection. Uh, one New Ager said, reincarnation is like show business. You just keep doing it until you get it right. Well, then he has a section at the end here. And I won't spend much time on this also. Because uh, I just don't want to have this overwhelmingly long. I just want you to, let, to let you know how much information is in this chapter. It's amazing. The last part is challenging New Age, New Age beliefs that their esoteric ideas are unreliable, that the world religions don't teach the same basic truths. Uh, I've done a talk on that. I mean, that's just absolute nonsense to say all the religions are leading you to the same conclusion. No. I mean, think about this. Jesus says there's one personal God. He's triune. Muhammad says there's only one God, but God can't have a son. Confucius was polytheistic. Krishna believes in polytheism and pantheism. Zoroaster said there's a good God and a bad God, and Buddha said there's nothing really important about the concept of God. So they have contradictory views about God, and they would go right down the list. Uh, God and Jesus and salvation and heaven and good works, I mean, they, they differ on huge issues, not minor things. So to me, that's an amazing thing to get into with a New Age person, is this idea that all religions are pretty much the same. He points out that God condemns spiritistic revelations. This pantheistic view of God is untenable. I mean, think about that. It contradicts common sense. If all is God, that's pantheism. If all is really God, then there's no difference between myself and anything else in the different, anything else in the world. And if there's no difference, why am I calling myself myself? One person noted, Ron Rhodes points out here, one apologist notes, To call myself myself is to assume that there's a difference between myself and anything else. Common sense tells me that I am different from others. I agree. I mean, you've got to fight common sense if you want to get into the New Age movement. Um, Something else here about the problem of evil. This is huge. There's no room for evil in this New Age worldview uh, because there's no... There's nothing besides God, so there's no room for evil, and yet there is evil. So you look out there and you see awful things happening: countries being invaded, uh, people murdering other people, and you're just going to say that there's no evil? It doesn't make sense. Okay, um, we have a sin problem, not an ignorance problem. He points out, yeah, amen to that. And uh, they even uh, well, anyway. So I'm going to end there because uh, this is a, a big chapter. Uh, I I think this is a book you need to have on the shelf. It's so good, and it's so clear. Very easy to read. It doesn't go into a huge amount of depth where you get lost or anything. A lot of information from uh, the sources themselves. You know, what did people say in these various faiths? And then a big section at the end there, bibliography, where he got all of his information. And again, just rich, rich material here. Something for everybody. So again, the book was called The Challenge of the Cults and New Religions. Ron Rhodes is the uh, author. And thank you so much for being part of this. And uh, have a good rest of your day and talk to you later.